Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. And Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana, featuring the card accepted by doctors in all 50 states. Information available at bcbsla.com or Twitter, hashtag TopDoctors. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Fortune 500 companies and everybody else on down the line who can afford it use business consultants for advice. But sometimes not listening to anybody and following your own instincts yields results that no consultant would have foreseen. My guests on Out to Lunch today are valedictorian graduates of the Gut Instinct Force of Personality School of Business. In 1988, John Blanchard bought what he described as a great live music and catering hall that just happened to have 18 bowling lanes. Back then, bowling was something people used to do in other cities. Here in New Orleans, if you were going out for the night, you were mostly going out to hear music. So John put musicians on a stage in the bowling alley and called it Rock and Bowl. Today, Rock and Bowl is, well, rockin'. It's the nucleus of a small entertainment empire that includes Ye Olde College Inn and Ye Olde Bake Shop. John Blanchard, along with Rock and Bowl, you're a New Orleans icon yourself now. Uh, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. My other guest took her $2,000 tax refund and opened a t-shirt shop in 2009. For many years, the term t-shirt shop had been a signifier of everything that was wrong with the New Orleans economy. T-shirt shops were regarded by many as a spreading cancer in the French Quarter that was killing small retailers and demeaning the city by selling tourists T-shirts with dopey slogans and lewd images. Lauren Tom turned that model on its head. Her T-shirt shop, Flirty Girl, targeted locals. From a store in Uptown, she sold T-shirts and other apparel that reflected clever insider jokes and New Orleans pride. From the hashtag Houdat t-shirt to a pair of earrings, one which says sidewalk side and the other says neutral ground side. Today, Lauren Tom has four flirty girl stores around New Orleans and a showroom on St. Charles Avenue. Lauren, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. I'd like to start <laughs> by uh, asking you both the same question ab about perception versus reality in business. The introductory remarks I made about both of you are true, but they're the public perception. The reality is there have been ups and downs along the path to your current success. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time, uh, be your own business consultant, and give yourself some entrepreneurial advice on the day you launched your business, what would that advice be? Uh, John, you, you were just looking for you know, a way to feed your family. And you know, and I really didn't have uh, any type of financial you know, backup when, when I took over. I, I made a $16,000 second mortgage on my house when I took over the bowling alley. And uh, I think you know, what, what helped me more than anything was that uh, I didn't have money and that I had to figure out other ways to do things and, and uh, you know, find out ways to, to get attention and to draw attention to uh, the business. And like I said, the, the music part, uh, it drew attention to the business. Uh, you know, I, the, the personalities that came through the bowling alley and through the music end of the business, 
Uh, I would find ways for them to get new stories on them, and the, you know, by way the, of the news story being on them, I got into the news story. And uh, so I mean, you, you had to start being creative, and I think if, I, if I'd had money, I, 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 there's a lot of things that uh, were hugely successful for me that would not have occurred because I've been, I would have been trying something else more mainstream. I bet that's true. That would be the great title for a new show, The Blessing of No Money. <laughs> There's uh, the, uh, Lauren, what about yourself? Uh, how would you answer that question? You were uh, a beautiful young woman with a tax return of $2,000. Right. What? I know. Well, it's kind of funny that, you know, taking what the greatest windfall that I would have all year to put it into something like that, like T-shirts, which was already oversaturated in New Orleans, was a huge risk, especially having three kids. I mean, we could have paid the mortgage ahead or we could have gone on vacation because we never had been able to afford to do that. But my advice, if I were to go back into my old self, I don't know. I feel like I've done everything right. I know that's crazy, but that was the right way to do it. Just bootstrap and go. Because if you had a bank, or both of you, if you had a bank or investors, they would be putting their two cents in about the way to go about things and uh, probably no, would not have gone the direction. No, thought. definitely. You know, I had, uh, I, I was in business about a month and a week and uh, I was facing bankruptcy and I, I had uh, made uh, an application for a uh, low economic zone area loan and the fellow, you know, showed up and uh, I was trying to get fifty or $60,000 and uh, I got refused, I, I got turned down, and I walked out of the, the, the bowling alley that night and just, my dad was saying, you have to get out of this, son. This is impossible. And, uh, you know, I, I looked for a partner at that point to try to see, well, maybe I can get somebody to go in half with me. And uh, I had a fellow interested, and then the, it, it fell through. The attorney said that there was no way this business could make it, so the guy bailed out. And that was the greatest, uh, you know, uh, blessing that could have possibly happened because uh, I could not have done this with a partner. I, I did so many, you know, out-of-the-box <laughs> things in the beginning that a partner would not have been able to sit there and let me explore. What was some of the early things you did that you wouldn't have been able to do if you had a, a banker behind you and such like that? Everybody said I was crazy. Everybody. Saturated was, industry. I mean, I was working a full-time job in Baton Rouge. I, was, I took three kids from having their own room to cramming them in one bedroom in a shotgun house on Oak Street so I could turn the front of it into a t-shirt shop, which we already had tons of in New Orleans. My mother said I was crazy. Today, she's my business manager. My ex-husband <laughs> said I was crazy, you know, and, and now he's thankful for the life that we have here. So. I guess that's what separates us from everyone else is that we're afraid, we're not afraid to jump without looking to see what's down there. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful that, I'm very thankful that I didn't have a husband when I started the company because <laughs> I would not be married anymore because he would be like, what are you thinking? You're crazy. I had nothing. The day we opened my store on Oak Street, I had rent due the next day because it was like November 29th. I mean, it was, it was a true, like, we've got to sell as many T-shirts as possible. And kind of like what John said, you know, your back's up against the wall. you got to do what you got to do and be creative. And I'm so glad I never had to think of having a partner because I just, they would have been like, I'm out. I'm walking away. This is crazy. You have nothing, right. no money coming in. There's bills due tomorrow. And we made it. And, John, you came back. And you were at a time 
where bowling was really, frankly, dead. Uh, you know, it, it was. I, uh, I bought the old Mid-City Bowling Lanes, and it, it was uh, an antiquated bowling center. Uh, it had been there since 1941, and the, I think one of the advantages I had was I, I knew nothing about bowling. Okay? <laughs> and that, uh, and, you know, like Lauren, everyone said I was crazy. There was not a person that did not think I was out of my mind, you know, taking over the business, especially people in the bowling business, because other people had seen, had known this bowling center was for sale, and not a single one of them, you know, wanted to buy it. And essentially, I bought the business. I had to rent the space, but I bought the business for a $10,000 note, okay? And that's how, you know, dim the prospects were, that people in the business said this can't work. And, you know, I had people who were working for me telling me that they talked to so-and-so and and they said this is impossible. Uh, But like Lauren said, when you're bashing against the wall, so you start looking for uh, angles. And at this point, is the bowling, um, that's not really where the the, most of the revenue comes from, is it? No, no. And and so when I saw the the Mid-City Bowling Lanes, I didn't see a bowling alley. I saw a great catering hall that had bowling lanes. And I envisioned uh, having bands there with parties, but I, I did not envision you know, having bands on a regular basis. That just evolved, you know. And uh, I had several, you know, uh, events where people had live music, you know, with their party. And through that, it evolved to where I said on Friday nights, let me see if a band on a regular basis would work. And so I would start trying it, you know, I started trying it on a, on a Friday night, and it worked within six months. Uh, my Saturday night became a, a band night, and uh, six months later, Thursday night became a band night. And so it just grew from there. But the, 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 the whole uh, uh, inspiration was uh, parties that, uh, you know, any place else, I, I think, uh, you have a party, it's four walls. Right. With the rock and bowl, you have walls, murals, and bowling lane. You know, it's, now it's the time, it's the checklist where we, uh, it's part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a question you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. I'm going to start with Lauren, because uh, you, you do have a number of stores now, so this is probably a pretty applicable question. Lauren, how do you hire and what questions do you ask? Um, I think it's important for me not to hire based on retail experience because we're not about selling t-shirts. I mean, we are essentially, but I hire based on, do you love New Orleans? Can you talk about New Orleans? Can you recommend places to go? Because I want people to come into Flirty Girl and feel welcome. If they're not from here, they can come in and we'll tell them the story of K&B and McKenzie's because we sell t-shirts that say that. Or if they see the shirt with the crawfish that says, don't eat the straight ones, they don't know what that is. Um, Except during decadence when the the guys come in, they they love that shirt. Whole you different know, I can teach a girl or a guy how to sell a t-shirt, but I can't teach them how to love New Orleans like we do. And so that is how I hire. It is based on passion. Um, and I really think that that's what's most important because that's when they're going to work the hardest, not just for me, but for the city. I feel like we're responsible for some of that hospitality, for some of that good times that they're having in New Orleans. We want to be a part of that experience. And that's what my hiring is based on. Well, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. And Sean, uh, just having, you know, 
been to Rock and Bowl all these years, I have to ask you this question, and that is, what is your trick for staying positive? I mean, I know somewhere in that place there's, oh, I don't know, an order of beers that didn't get in and things like that. There's problems, but you seem to, at least on the outside. I've really been a pretty fortunate, blessed person. I, I, I had a, you know, I've always had a, a good family and uh, uh, good health and you know, my good, if you have a good family, you have good health, there's no reason not to be positive. Uh, you know, and my son uh, you know, works with me very, very closely. He uh, played ball under Skip Bertman at LSU, and uh, you know, Skip Bertman emphasized the passion and the positiveness that's uh, important in success. So it's one of those things I, I really don't think about. It's, you know, uh, it's natural. Yeah, well, well there, there is no reason... You know, to be negative. I mean, negativity breeds failure. So, why spend any time involved in that? You know, be positive and be passionate, and you know, try to be right, do good, but uh, you know, be positive. Let's go to our, our inbox, and that's where our producer picks a question that's come in over the past week uh, from a listener. Grant, what have you got? Peter, we have this question for John from Frankie Batten, birth and sibling doula which I assume is not someone's real name. I'd love to know more <laughs> about Ye Old Bake Shop. Why a bakery in this area? Are you bringing anything unique to the table? Well, uh, the concept is really uh, my son's. Uh, again, my son runs Ye Old College Inn. Uh, I really have little to do with that except you know, type, you know, oversee it to some degree, but really Johnny, my son, is really the one uh, who is responsible for it all. And... A few years ago, he was invited by uh, Clark Swanson with Swanson Vineyards in Napa Valley to go be a guest chef there. And when he was there, Clark brought him to uh, uh, Bouchon's and the French uh, Laundry. And they have, you know, there it's, it's, it's a highly world-renowned restaurant, and they have a restaurant, gardens, where they grow their vegetables, and they have a bakery. And... You know, I suspect that my son had seen that and how unique it was. And, and uh, there's no other place in the world quite like the Bouchons and the French Laundry. And we wanted to bring that to New Orleans. And uh, we're, that's the motivation. So far, so good on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was, you know, I didn't really think about it. We got, we got into it, but... My goodness, with the king cake season. There's yeah, are you doing a king, king cake? Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, we're doing king cakes and uh, you know, wedding cakes, birthday cakes. And you know, with the rock and bowl itself, we do so many parties. You know, many of those uh, need a birthday cake. It's a celebration. So instead of us in the past telling them to go ahead and uh, get your cake and bring it, we're telling them now, let us know. We'll give you a discount. and you, We'll have your cake on your table when you get there. Get your cake and eat it too. Lauren, here's a question for you from Gail Allen Chujitaram, who asks, you're very involved in social media and share a lot of your life with your followers. How do you navigate your very public persona while still protecting your private life? Oh, wow. Well, it's definitely a balance of protecting both, but I talked about the authenticity and, you know, the more I hear John talk, the more I'm like, yes, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. <laughs> and it's so nice that you can have a successful marriage at 38 years. That, that gives me some hope because my company is still in its infancy. 
I don't know. I don't know. I had no formal training on how to, on social media. I mean, when I went to LSU, they didn't have classes on social media, and they do now. But I think it's all about being organic, being real, being who you are. Um, if I'm going through something that, that is a negative situation, what I'll share is the positive out of that experience so that I can help others do good because that's, that's really what I want to do. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I can't give you a spot on answer other than to just, when it comes to social media, just be positive and be yourself. And, you know, I've got to ask you, when I go into the, sh the store, one of the first things I think is, who's coming up with all these slogans? And is, is it you? Um, it's a combination of things. It, it is me, essentially. I came up with Flirty Girl. I came up with our, our shirts. But now we carry shirts and products from other local vendors, so some are their ideas as well. You know, I went into Flirty Girl thinking I would just do T-shirts, kind of like John. I was just going to be a bowling alley, and maybe we'll do music. But then it's like, just like music did good on Saturday nights and you expanded, so did jewelry and home home decor and those other things and you evolve and, and you start learning that the, the risk that you took and the business that you built is helping other businesses or helping other musicians and that's a great feeling at the end of the day to provide someone with a regular Saturday night gig or a regular Thursday night gig or in my case you know a regular reorder of a couple thousand dollars every two weeks it's a great feeling and I love that we get to do that. Well, that is, that's perfect. Now, what, this is the part I think you're going to like, and this is what I'm looking forward to. It's the pay it forward part of the show where we ask our guests to generously use their experience and expertise to help an entrepreneur with a new business. And today, we're looking at a new company with a great problem to have, how to handle success. Kelsey Foreman's business is called Cake Face Soaping. Kelsey makes soap, skin care, cream, and lotions from vegan, all-natural, local herbs and fragrances that come out of her own garden or from Holly Grove Market. Working alone, Kelsey has been making and selling her products online and, and, and at local markets with some success, but now things are suddenly changing. Whole Foods is picking up Cake Face Soaping to carry in its stores. Faced with having to go from a one-woman business to something bigger, Kelsey is wondering how she ought to grow. She writes to us asking, when is it smart to start bringing people in to help you manage the business side? Who should I be bringing in? Do I need HR, an accountant, a financial advisor? Or should I start with someone to take care of supply and logistics? John and Lauren, you both started out alone and have grown businesses from scratch. What would you advise Kelsey to grow Cake Face Soaping? Where should she start? I, I would say going to the universities. Uh, I, you know, I know Tulane and uh, UNO have, have you, know, you know, at times come to me and I've asked some questions you know, of them. And, and there's people in the business schools that... Uh, would be very much interested. Yeah, get a in, team of students to help answer yeah, these questions. I, I would yeah. say because again, you're looking at you know you don't have a whole lot of money, so you know so your, your, your greatest resource I think is the universities. You know, I thought about this. We were talking about uh, Kay Morrissey and uh, the occasional wife. You know, there's a, a lady that uh, has a, a wonderful business, and uh, she does event planning. All closet organizing, uh, but I think that you know, it, she would be able to try to probably put you together with a, with, with a number of people that would be interested in saying, look, how would you like to be on a production line of this, this vegan-based product? And um, 
you know, that, I, guess, I guess that's where I would start. That's a two good pieces of advice in there. You know, one is other entrepreneurs, you said, and uh, and uh, I know at Tuline they love to put together teams. Students can't wait to you know sure. try try it out. So, uh, Lauren, what would you tell? Them? Um, and the world of social media, this is her story. This dilemma that she's facing is her actual problem that I think potential customers would relate to. Like, hey, oh my goodness, Whole Foods wants to carry my soaps, what should I do? What she needs to hire is not an accountant per se or an HR person. She needs to hire someone that's going to love that business like she will, that's going to do a little bit of accounting, a little bit of production, a little bit of HR, all those things combined. My very first employee still works for me, and that was what I hired, was someone who was going to love Flirty Girl in New Orleans like I do. In fact, she just celebrated four years on Saturday, my first employee. So I don't think it's compartmentalizing a position per se, but just finding someone who gets it, who gets your vision, who gets your brand. But you know what? When you hire her, take a picture with her and share that on Twitter and Facebook. Like, look, my first hire. Oh my goodness, we're going to Whole Foods. Be real and share your story. And that'll uh, trigger those kind of people that, that you're looking for. That, Absolutely. I, I bet it would. The, uh, John Blanchard, Lauren Tom, in a city of big personalities and new entrepreneurial businesses popping up like mushrooms, you're both role models of sustained success. Along the way to building thriving businesses, you've brought a lot of fun and laughter to the lives of many New Orleanians, and neither of you are showing signs of stopping where you are. Uh, we wish you both continued success and look forward to more fun to come. Thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks Peter. For Thanks for coming. Appreciate they it very much. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been John Blanchard from Rock and Bowl, Ye Olde College Inn, and Ye Olde Bake Shop, and Lauren Tom from Flirty Girl. To find out more about John Blanchard Land on corner of Eric Carrollton and Earhart, or Lauren's Flirty World all over town, look for the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Chris Keogh. The ironclad Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Era Studio monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at PreSonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you again next week for Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker and Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC.